everybody. What time is it? It's if you tangent this time. Question, oh, yes. wait. oh, wait, I thought you were asking me a question. No, go ahead, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, you are correct, Wu. It is tangent time. Nice to hear the Changing cha Channels uh, theme song music again. Always love that. Such a good laugh. Anyway, guys, hello. Michael J. Petty here with my partner in crime, Wu S. Kim. And before we get into this episode, because Wu, of course, has all the topics, I have no control over any of that. <laughs> um, I, I just want to start off by explaining why we haven't done an episode in a while. And unfortunately, I've actually been away from Chicago. I've, I'm in a whole new time zone, and I will be uh, for the rest of the summer, basically. And because of that, I'm working a construction job. Uh, in Argo. From two to... In Argo. Yeah. Argo. Yes, uh, I am working a construction job from two to four days a week, which is a 11 hour workday with this job. So I, I've been doing a lot. I've uh, had to do do other stuff, too. So I'm sorry that we haven't been able to sit down and record. I recently had to drop the Falling Skies section of Across the Areas because I just couldn't make it. But I'm still doing Continuum with Dan. So there is that anyway. And DC Nation. The skies are falling, but the, they will continue. They continue on. That's all we'll say. The skies still are yes. falling, but the continuum is still up. <gasps> Celine Dion should yes. do Celine, Celine should do that for her, for next version of My Heart Will Go On, but our continuum will go on as well. Falling skies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So so so. You can tell how much I miss this guy. So thanks, guys, for bearing with us through that. Sorry about uh, no episode in a while, but for the record, we did have a killer last episode with our Man of Steel discussion. So I think that uh, that should have hold, held you over till now. So thanks, and guys, for bearing with us And we will talk a little bit about Man of Steel. I just want to put my little two cents. But, I, but to start off, um, can I do a little bit of a public service announcement here, Michael? And this isn't going to be this isn't going to be a serious thing. I was on the bus trying to get somewhere in the valley here in Los Angeles. I was on the bus. Another bus story? Yes, another bus. Yeah, another. <laughs> Climb on the magic school bus. Oh my god. <laughs> was uh, Miss Frizzle driving or no? She better no, have been. No. Um it was it was it was um Looks looks kinda looks kinda like Mixus Pitalink actually. Or the Mad Hatter. Batman Mad Hatter. Well, that, well that's the right frightening. Um, here's the thing, I was listening to one of the Superman homepages podcasts. There you go, Jeffrey Taylor, there's a plug for you. One of your compadres over at the Superman homepage. Um, I was listening to the podcast about Men of Steel actually, and for some unknown reason like, this person thought it was a good idea to drive their car to beat the bus to beat the red light. And when this happened, my wheelchair went smack into the wall in the bus. I was not injured at all. I didn't injure myself. But both of my feet plates are now are now destroyed. They are now... Uh, well, not destroyed. They are, uh, they are, un, they are unhooked and... Unfortunately, the the bolts on the clamps, they're gone. They cannot be tightened. The threads are gone. 
So because somebody could not wait for the red light, I have to possibly wait for new parts to come in. I'm going to call them first thing tomorrow morning. But yeah, I think you can wait five minutes or three minutes for a green light if it means not endangering a whole busload of people, you inconsiderate people out there. That's all I got to say. Hey, I mean, I'm with you. That's that's dangerous, not just for the people on the bus, but for the driver actually as well. So that was a really stupid move. Yeah, and on and honestly, but but you know, uh, but you know what? Though I had this feeling in the back of my mind that something like that was gonna happen yesterday. I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it. It was just one of those ineffable things that you have in the back of your mind. Maybe I'm developing spider senses. There's enough bug. There's enough bugs in my apartment to think that one of them could be radioactive. So yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, let's get into our um. Let's get into a our Marvel. Well, you know what? Let's do the 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 like the simplest one first. What did you think of Monsters University? I really liked Monsters University. Um. I, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very funny, and for someone who's actually, you know, going to a university in the next year, it was actually pretty, uh, well, pretty good way to start off that thought process. Let, let me tell you that. No, it, it was fun. I, I liked seeing Mike and Scully again. I liked seeing the kind of the origin of Randall. I liked seeing Roz again at the end of the movie. That was fantastic. And kind spoiler of the beginnings alert. of them spoiler working alert. on. Spoiler alert! Yeah, well, if you haven't, yeah, if you haven't seen the movie yet. I need to say that. Yeah. I should have said that earlier. Spoiler alert. Um, take a step but, back yeah. a little bit. But what did you think of the blue umbrella? I thought it was weird. I thought Actually, it was. Actually, I, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. It was, nice. it was nice, but it was no paper man. Yeah, I did love the music though. The music was very good. The music yes. was very good. And if that's same in Monsters at University, the music in that was good as well. If that's animation, what they use in Blue Umbrella, I, it, it, it only, I'm, I, I mean, I'm speechless. If that was all animation, no live action, just speaks how much they could do with computers these days. Yeah, and I believe it was only animation too. Wow, that's fantastic. Like, yeah. makes you wonder, makes you wonder what the future of 3D animation could be. Yeah, no kidding. Like, it, you've seen Tron Legacy, correct? Yeah. You know how they did Jeff Bridges' clue in that movie where he looked younger, but it looked like he was live action? Yeah. That's that's what the short kind of reminded me of. And maybe that's because I've been watching Tron, like, in the la in Back to the Future, like, constantly this last week. But I don't know. Very cool stuff. And we'll, and we'll actually talk about Back to the Future a little bit later with what I wanted to talk about with Supernatural. Overall, you didn't th you didn't think Monsters U didn't have the same kind of heart that Monsters Incorporated had, correct? That's what you spoke to me about? Yeah, and mainly I think that's because they had the child element with Boo in Monsters, Inc., uh, Monsters U, I mean, it was fantastic. It did a great job of um, bringing Mike and Sully to the forefront and really developing them a lot as friends and as characters and really setting up Monsters, Inc. But I think Monsters, Inc. is still the main story, story of at least that that uh, universe or that series. 
I, I will agree. I maybe it's because I I like more character based movies and rather than getting to a goal and like finishing that goal kind of movie. Like I think that's probably why I like it so. I like this movie so much. It was much more about having, you know. Mike and Sully is main characters more so than Boo, because really Boo is the main character in Monsters Incorporated. Well, I never thought her as a main character. I thought of more, her more as an object, actually, in the movie, and not in a weird way, not in a bad way. But I felt. But she's more a more emphasized like object. She's a more emphasized object than anything that I've ever seen in like any of the Indiana Jones movies per se. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, she, absolutely. She really, and that's partially because she, she's human and is alive. Well, she's E.T. She's E.T. Yeah. We have to get we have to get her home. It's the opposite E.T. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's why people gravitated to it. I gravitated to this because again, it's very character based. It's actually very relatable. I mean, Mike and Mike is featured more. I mean, Billy Crystal. I think one of the reasons why they wanted to do this was to show how how deep and how meaningful a character that Mike Wazowski is, because really that was a, a debate between a lot of the fans, like, really, what does Mike do, what does Mike do, what's his purpose, and honestly, with, with this movie, I think you have his purpose, because he is the main character, and so is really the supporting character. Yeah, as opposed to the other movie, where Sully's really the main character, and Mike's more supporting. Let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the actors, um, um, again, Billy Crystal did probably the be one of the best jobs of his career in terms of movie acting. I loved his progression. I loved his relationship with John Goodman. I loved the, the, the fact that Sully, when he was younger, really didn't have that much talent. He was skating by his name, on his name alone. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And I, and I love the idea, and I love this, like, story element that they put in. It's like, with Mike, you know, he works hardest, but really, and it's kind of like this kind of sports metaphor, where you have a guy that knows everything about the sport, but really doesn't have that ineffable or that that one little thing that makes a, a good athlete a great athlete. And then you have somebody that's naturally gifted in Sullivan, who really doesn't know the fundamentals. Who, who and really... really the... Oh, sorry. Who only really knows one move, and he thinks that that one move can get him by anywhere. Exactly, and that's really why Mike works the best in this movie, and really even in Monsters, Inc., too, if you think about it, as the coach, as the moral support, yeah. as opposed to... And, and you really, though, you do see this movie bring Mike full circle... Because if you watch this movie and then watch Monsters, Inc., because immediately when I went home to, uh, from the theater after seeing Monsters, U, I watched Monsters, Inc., at the end of Monsters, Inc., Sully becomes the coach, and Mike becomes the scarer who's actually now a comedian. And yeah. really, you see Mike go full circle throughout these two movies, and it's just – and for you, I would, I would think that would be awesome because, yeah. you, like you, what you were saying with the character development stuff. Absolutely, and I really think if you're going to do a prequel, it needs to line up completely and fully with the the original the original movie. Because really, Monsters U really is the first um, Pixar prequel. Yeah. And I loved what they did with Randall. 
I really was not expecting it. I love the origin yeah. of his of his jealousy, and I really and I really don't. Uh, but the one thing I really don't understand, and maybe this is just because out of spite in the character of Randall, I really don't understand why he needs to pick on Mike in the future. Um, maybe because Mike was kind of riding on Sully's success. Yeah. And he didn't have. And he didn't have that, and he was Mike's roommate, and he thought maybe that should have been where he was. Which just makes the character of Randall just more unappealing to me. That this guy helped you, this guy was nice to you, you turned his back, you turned your back on him, and you, and how how do you repay him again? You be mean to him for almost the rest of his life. Right. And I, I and shout outs loved Helen Mirren as the dean. Oh my gosh, she was frightening. That, yes. It was like watching her in red, but in cartoon. Yeah, and I also love the idea that she's a centipede half-dragon. Yeah. Alfred Molina is the professor. That was good casting. Yeah, it didn't even sound like him. That was, uh, That's why I was like, wow, that's Alfred Molina? Huh. You didn't think it did? Yeah, I, well, again, I didn't, I only saw the movie once, so. Well, so did I. <laughs> yeah, but I think you you catch on more to that than I do. And, of course, the the master and commander of the roar, Mr. Nathan Fillion. Yes. <laughs> that, that was the best surprise of the whole movie, because I didn't know he was in it at all. I I loved I loved how this is still a Pixar movie, but it really did remind me of my bachelor's college. Not my experience per se, but I do remember things like this happening, like the whole rally stuff, the competitions between between the fraternities. Um, I I just love the whole act. I love and it, this is one of the thing. Here's one of the things I really loved about the movie. Monsters U, the actual university, really really does look like one of the colleges that if you don't go for the main thing that they're offering, anything else is pretty much secondary, like making the canisters. Yeah. I loved the fraternity that Mike and Sully were in. Yep. And I also loved that thing at the end with the older guy marrying one of the characters' moms. Oh my gosh, that was so creepy. Oh my god, that was one of the funniest things ever! Did you stay after the credits? No, I didn't. You know, you remember that guy that was late for class? Yeah, the slug. He finally gets there, but he realizes it's May. Or it's the last oh day of school, gosh. and he, and and the last thing is him. Run, okay, oh man, he tries to run out the door, and he starts scurrying out the door slowly again. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I have I when I get that on DVD, I have to watch that. Yeah. First Spe- thing. Speaking of, speaking of DVDs, you made a comment, and this is. All, all of this, basically, mostly the rest of this is going to be news-related. You made a comment to me that you're not going to get Iron Man 3 on Blu-ray, but with this incentive of um, Captain America's ex-girlfriend having like a small mini-movie in the Iron Man Blu-ray, Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, do you think you're going to get it? That might be the only reason I get it, because I really did not enjoy Iron Man 3. 
Yes. I just didn't. It's it's like my Spider-Man three. It really is to me. Okay. That's the level it is. Okay, here's one thing about Iron Man three. I agree with everything that you say, but I give full props to them for what they did with the Mandarin. Not saying I loved it, but you surprised me. I did not see that coming. I'm not saying it was the right decision. I'm not even saying it was. I'm not even saying I. I would have done the same thing, but that totally caught me off guard. Yeah. Like I did not oh, see that sure. thing coming. I mean, it, you know, quite honestly, to me, it just didn't. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. It didn't feel like an Iron Man movie. It felt it, like a revenge movie. It and felt it like felt, a Die Hard movie almost. And it felt like, and that too, and it felt like a spy espionage movie. Yeah, it just didn't feel right, and it it didn't even really meet my expectations because we were told it was going to be this awesome superhero third trilogy blockbuster movie for Iron Man, and we got a Tony Stark spy espionage like Die Hard movie, and I was with, like, okay, with, po- with not, not, not feeling with, it with post traumatic stress. Right, and then just like in The Dark Knight Rises, the girlfriend defeats the villain, and the hero can't even fully do what he was supposed to do throughout the entire movie. But that's yeah, okay. yeah. Come to think of it, you're right. Like the girlfriend shoots the villain in both movies. It, you know, I, I don't even mind women getting the final shot. That's not even my problem. My problem is it doesn't help the character. It, it doesn't help the character development. And it, and it actually, ma- and it actually makes the character, the main character, look kind of weak. Exactly. Again, I, and I've been, I've been told by people when I say this that, oh, you just don't like women in movies. No, I really like Pepper Potts and I really like Catwoman. I have no problems with either of those characters. If they would have their own comic series, which one of them does, I would read it, and I do. However, it makes the hero look weak, and it doesn't bring his arc full circle. And I think that's a waste of my time and the waste of the audience time. And really, I think that's a kind of disservice to an act, to the actor. And, okay, that's my opinion. Okay, here's the things that I enjoyed, and then I'm gonna go into the things I really didn't like. First of all, I really enjoyed that the that the character kind of went full circle. Maybe not in the best way, but he did. Uh, um, related to that, I don't know why he th- it took three movies, three movies to have him do the surgery. Well, there's another hole. <laughs> That's that's like bur- that's like speaking of Spider-Man three. That's the Bernard of this movie, if I may, yeah. sir. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. Thanks, Bernard. You oh my have- gosh. Thank you. Thanks, Bernard. You, you couldn't have told me that at the end of the fir- the first movie. You couldn't have told me that at the end of the- at the beginning of this movie before I voided myself up with green gas. Now's the time you tell me about it. I lost my eye. And then almost died, and now almost killed my friend. Yeah, I lost my eye. I'm blind, Bernard. (laughs) Oh my god. And what you gonna do with my? And what you gonna do with my cash? You're like 85 years old. Yeah, you ain't got no time to spend it. You know how it should have ended really gets all these movies right. And, And. And really and truly, what's funniest about Bernard for one second, and then we'll go back to Iron Man, in the in the outtakes, that that performer, he, he messed those things up like five times. Oh, really? He messed up that scene like five times. Go back to the outtakes. If anybody has the Blu-ray or the DVD, I think it's even on the DVD. 
That actor screws up that scene like five, six times. Which makes it even more funny. I have the DVD. I have to go check that out now. Yeah, like, uh, because... Do you know how long... Do you know how long it took me to buy the DVD for Spider-Man 3? It took me about six years to buy that DVD. Okay, going back to Iron Man for a bit, I did like the PT, like the post-traumatic stress syndrome. That's really easy for me to say. I like the interaction with the kid. I didn't feel that went anywhere. It I didn't. Felt that was kind of just it, in it to it bring did. a child audience in. Yeah, the cute kid syndrome. I liked it though. It wasn't the best thing, but I liked it. I liked all of, like the special effects. I liked how. There was actually, there was, and they, they've, oh, a couple people have said this, a couple people like, um, Jimmy Mack from the Force, the Force podcast, he said this, in, in comic books always, there's, there's the crisis and then there's the aftermath. Avengers was the crisis. This is the first time in live action that you get to see the aftermath. Yeah. And I liked Tony, like, being super crazy about trying to get everything done and trying to get an army raised and this, that, and the other. I liked the flashback to the party that Jensen mentioned on Iron Man 1. Great to see him back again, even if it was just for yeah. a scene. I, here's the th and, and I loved all the suits. I loved the Iron Man. I loved the Hulk suit. I loved the Thor suit. I loved... The Captain America suit. Here and the thing I loved the most was Mark Ruffalo. At the end. Yes. Yeah. Where where yeah. where 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 did I where did I lose you? Somewhere after um Sweden? <laughs> or, or Switzerland or whatever it was? So funny. Um, here's the things I didn't like. Number number one with a bullet and no disrespect to him as a person. Um, John Favreau. <laughs> what is his purpose anymore? If he was on set, Why I was like... Why didn't he direct this movie? Okay, that was my big thing. Okay, you're in this movie, but you're not directing. So if you're not directing, then what, what in the world are you doing here? It's not like you're an integral he... character. I feel like he had a plan for this movie, and they didn't go for it, so they got a new person. I feel that's really what happened. Okay. Um, here, do they do? Do they just not like Don Cheadle? <laughs> I guess not. Do they just not like this dude? I guess they didn't like Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> um. Um, I'm sorry, like, what was the point of having him in the movie? I, there were a lot of useless characters and a lot of useless scenes in this movie. That and just he wasn't really supposed to be a useless character. No! In fact, I was excited for him to be in this movie because he had a new upgraded armor and he, they, what, they made it sound like he was going to have a big role and it was going to be cool. Anybody you know, that has calculators and and or calculators on their computers or cell phones, could you please do me a favor on your smartphones or on your actual calculators or on your computers right now? Please add up the total time that Don Cheadle was in Iron Man 3. 
Oh, I and can't the, even tell you. And that awkward pause pretty much shows you about oh about seven minutes in a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> and most um, of it's at the end. The guy that played Killian I thought did a good job, but he wasn't showcased enough. He he really was the he he really was the Jordan Price from Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That pretty much what 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 he Yeah. Uh, and, and then he I, goes, I am the Mandarin. No, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. And I, I, I think you told me the Mandarin in the movie that wasn't the Mandarin. Like, li- no. like, li- like, literally, was not the Mandarin. The Mandarin was just a title in this movie. He was just a false flag. He never actually existed. I mean, what? As opposed to in the comics, where he's Batman's Rachel Ghoul, he's Batman, or he's Superman's Lex Luthor. He's that's who he is, the Iron Man. And they don't do anything. They put in a villain named Killian, who is in literally one issue of Iron Man, and then blows his head off in the same page that he first appears on. Yeah, really was the Henry Ducard. Really was the Henry Ducard of of Iron Man. But at least with. At least with that, though, he looked like Rachel Ghoul, and at the end he said, by the way, I'm the real one. Yeah. As and opposed he, to this, where he didn't even exist. And here's the and here's the thing with Robert Downey Jr. I thought, he, out of all the movies, I think he gave the most dramatic performance as his time as Iron Man, which has been extended, thank you very much. And really, I think, and this is a good opportunity to talk about this. He wasn't asking for more money. He was asking that his co-stars get the same amount of money that he does, meaning his other Avengers. Yeah. And which I, that, I commend him for that. To that I say, yeah, because it's not he, the Avengers is not his movie. Iron Man is his movie. Right. And, I, but. The way they ended it, though, I don't want to see any more Iron Man movies. I don't. Unless you bring someone new to play him and have a new story, I don't want to either. Yeah, there's no need to. And and hearing what they're doing with Marvel Phase 2 and... Or no, 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 Marvel Phase 3. But let's talk about Marvel Phase 2 for just a second. I have a feeling that... The, Phase two, the the subtitle or the or the like undertitle or whatever you want to call it, the suffix. There we go. The suffix of phase two is loss. Okay. You have to lose something to gain it back. And here's a crackpot theory. I do think Jane Foster is going to die. Thor, you're breaking my heart. Oh dear God, stop it. <laughs> For that reason alone, for that reason alone, she better not die. I, I'm with you. I think she will. But for that reason alone, she better not die. You're going down a path. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Sif and Thor together. Yeah. I don't. I've seen that enough in the comics. It's dumb and it's bland, and I just don't like it. That's your, Jane Foss is a much better character. That's your Superman and Wonder Woman, isn't it? The Marvel. Well, exactly. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman that plays Sif actually would be a pretty good Wonder Woman. In terms of luck, did, anyway. I know. I know. But did, did you know they started a new 52 Superman Wonder Woman comic? 
Oh my god. People are going to be so pissed. I don't think anyone's gonna buy the book. Um, letter, letter, letter to email to um, DC or the writers of Wonder Woman and the Superman comic. Nobody liked Joni Loves Chachi back in the 1970s. Nobody liked Joni Loves Chachi. No one, no one's gonna like. Um, Kalo loves Diana. That's all I gotta say. There you go. Especially, especially since the loves of their lives are are out there. Lois Lane's working at the Daily Planet, and um, Steve Trevor's working at at the lo at the local Sonic Drive-in. <laughs> no, he's working at Argus. Remember? Yes. Um. Okay. Um. Going back to go, and you wonder why this thing's called tangent time. Going back to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> going back to phase two. This is something new. Are we sure and, we want to go back there? Yes. No, kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> going back to. <laughs> it wasn't really that funny. <laughs> Going back to phase two for just a second, we talked on Google Plus, and you did, you kind of agreed, but kind of didn't, that the set, the most interesting story or the most like heartbreaking story of phase two will be Captain America's, and, and we don't want to spoil anything. We don't want to spoil anything because not everybody's re read the Winter Soldier storyline. Of what this is gonna be, but part of the reason why I think it's the most heartbreaking is Thor. Thor went home. Um, I almost called him Mark Ruffalo. Um, Bruce Banner went home. Um, Hawkeye went back to being bland, you know, and went back to Shield. So did <laughs> so did Black Widow. And Iron Man is with Iron Man's with Pepper. And Ultimately, Steve Rogers is really the only one that doesn't have a home anymore. Like, everybody he knew, which you see in the deleted scenes of Avengers, everybody he knew is gone. Like, the Tesseract ruined his life. Yeah. And really, a lot of what Winter Soldiers is going to be is um, trying to re literally reconnect himself to the world, a world that he's been out of for 60 years. Which means he also has to reconnect with someone else from his past. And I don't know. I'm not gonna say who. Um, his name is his name rhymes with Lucky. Yeah. No, I. But, I, but I agree. again, but I again, they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't described what how how that character is gonna come back, which is good. No, uh, but if, if you've read the comic, you can assume. Yeah. No, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it will probably be the most heartbreaking one, but only depending on how Thor ends. Because of what you and I think is true, Thor could not only lose his brother at the end of the Avengers, but he could lose the love of his life, too. And that would send him into something that, well, it's kind of a lot like how Steve probably feels after losing Peggy. So it depends. And really, and really, the inter the introduction of Emily Van Camp's characters kind of kind of be the one of okay you're okay you're gone but you know there's you still have to move on because is she, so, is she Sharon Carter? 
I don't know who she's playing. I know she's in it, but I don't know who she's playing. I think it might be Sharon Carter. Sharon okay. Carter! Sharon Carter? <laughs> Sharon Carter! Sharon Carter! No, Sharon Carter better be in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you cannot do you cannot do a Captain America movie outside of World War Two without Sharon Carter. You just and can't. Re- and I'm, really, I'm dead serious about that. And really, I think the casting of Emily Van Camp just proves to me that they needed like an all American girl who is in fact Canadian. But um <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Is she blonde? Yes, yes, she she's blonde and hey, good. And she really shows her emotion, shows her emotions extremely well. I think if you saw Everwood, um, she and even in her, the show Revenge on ABC, she really shows the depth of her emotions, like on her sleeve, which I really think is key for that character. But here's the thing with, here's the thing with Phase Two, it needs to be dark just because of who they're facing. I don't care if they've nuts. They haven't confirmed it. If you saw the end of Avengers, they pretty much like threw up the giant neon sign of villain blank villain blank villain blank villain at the end of the Avengers. Yeah. Of, of well, and then there are those people who think that Thanos was Red Skull, and I'm like, really? He has a completely different face, and it's no. purple, not red. No, he's Brainiac. So. <laughs> um, Guardians. I, I I keep forgetting this, but Guardians of the Galaxy is Phase Three, right? No, it is Phase Two. It's the last one before Avengers Two. But there's not going to be any Guardians in Avengers Two. No, but I think Thanos is the main villain or the villain behind the main villain in Guardians, which is why that comes before Avengers. Do you 2. think? Do you think that's the guy that Loki was talking to? Like what? No, I like the, the guy Loki uh, was talking to is his servant. You see that at any, the end of the Avengers. Well, that's what I mean. That's is that the guy that's gonna be in Guardians? Oh, well, it might be. Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting. Well, yeah, I I call him the Governor Tarkin of the, of this universe. Didn't they call him the other or something like that in the credits? Yes, he's the he's the other. I think that's I think that's who they're they're facing. And uh, how good does that thing look, by the way? That thing is really shaping up, literally with Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, I, I again for someone who knows nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy other than I know Iron Man is currently a part of their team. I I am actually very excited for this movie because this could very well be on the level of Star Trek or Star Wars for me, yeah. especially since it's a comic book movie. Yeah, and I don't know how. I really want to know how they're gonna do Rocket Record. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I will say about Chris Pratt, I've only seen him in Everwood, and I've seen a little bit of Parks and Rec. He, with his new fit body, there you go, ladies. I mentioned it. There you go. <laughs> he actually is a pretty funny guy. He when he tweeted that pic, he said, "No Budweisers for me for six months." <laughs> That's funny. Um, Chris Pratt does look like he could be Han Solo's son. And I think that's why they went with him for this. Sorry, I'm moving my desk. That's the sound That's the sound you heard. I'm moving my desk. He really does look like he could be Han Solo's, like, kin. 
It'd be interesting if he was cast as the a lead in uh, episode seven. Yeah, I was just about to say J.J. Abrams. Come on, buddy. Come on. J.J. and J.J. Abrams is apparently, according to Zachary Quinto, going to direct Star Trek three as well. So I'm actually very excited. <laughs> so th- this guy basically doesn't like sleep. Basically, I don't care though. He puts out great products for the most part so yeah um i i i changed my mind on into into darkness i i would like to go now into boreness <laughs> you didn't like it i liked cumberbatch but if you were familiar with star trek 2 wrath of khan it really did look like it was the Superman Returns of Wrath of Star of Star Trek in terms of taking something that had already been established and reworking it to this new generation, which is fine. But here's the thing: with Superman Returns, they didn't hide that fact. But think this about one, it too. This, this one, they, this one, they hit it, and they, and they didn't think anybody would notice. But having, but having Zachary Quinto yell Khan, what is the next one gonna be? What is the next one gonna be called? Star Trek Three: The Search for Kirk. No, because he's alive. Yeah, that's what I was. That's a, uh, I have expected. Uh, I have expected Kirk to die again. Spoiler alert. Well, come on, it's July. You haven't seen the movie by now. Well, think about it too this way though, Will. Remember, in the first Star Trek movie by Abrams, ti- the timeline was rewritten, so things are still going to happen like they did in the original timeline, but they're going to happen differently. It's just like I, I get it. Four I, and five. I get it. I get it. But I get. I get that. I do. But as a guy that's seen the original Star Trek two and three, I was like, okay, you're. You're not even trying to hide it. At least when Brian Singer did it, at least it was, you know, he didn't deny what he was doing. Like, he didn't hide well, it. See, I, was, I wasn't even a Star Trek fan before J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, so... And see, me, that's why really I don't cool. think it... And that's, why, and that's why it doesn't bother you, I don't think. Because you didn't... But to my credit, Dan saw it with me, and he was a Star Trek fan. And he actually liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, to my credit, too, though, Will, I did see the movie with Dan, who was a big Star Trek fan beforehand, and he actually liked it a lot, just as much as I did. And that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I I wasn't bored, per se, but I will say, like, like this, I saw the motions coming a little too much. And, and maybe that was the fault of it. Or maybe, or maybe I'm just crazy. No, I've heard both sides of the argument, so you're not alone. I still enjoyed the movie. It's just like, okay, you have this all-star cast. Most of them you're barely using. That, that's the other thing that I was really kind of ticked off about. You have talent like Simon Pegg and Zoe Saldana, and you're barely using them, and they they barely resemble the characters that you're ba- that they're based on. You know, like that that yeah. really that bugged me. That that. That bugged me. But um, one of the things about going back to uh, Marvel again, I I really like how this thing is shaping up. The one thing I don't like about it, and this is just clearly just from my resentment, I hate that Zoe Saldana can't be Catwoman because she'd be an awesome Catwoman. (laughs) 
That's interesting. Wouldn't that be a great casting choice? It would definitely be an interesting one for sure. It would work. It would work. Hmm. I don't know how she would be as Selena Kyle, but you know, you know what? Adam West Batman had what, like three different Catwomans. That's true. Yeah. It is, it that is, is true. It is true, but I'm really li- liking how how um, good in the galaxy sh- is shaking up is shaping up to be. The reason I'm laughing is this actually was news that I didn't even post, and I I didn't post it because it was just so outrageous. The fact that confirmation and news was reported that the what really tickles me is the fact that. News broke out, and this was an actual news story that the Ant-Man script was done. Like that was actual news. Wow, they finally finished that. Yeah, (laughs) but the fact that that's actual news and that actually got reported by somebody really just shows me, like, wow, you guys are really asking for, like, really digging for stories with this one, aren't you? Let me say though this. That Ant-Man test footage that they shot was fantastic. Yes, and it, it was. And don't get me wrong, it is. But to me... Why like, was he not in Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. I don't know. But the other... the other Screw two, Hawkeye. The other... Well, yeah... That should be that should be a that should be a meme on ATA now I guess. <laughs> Screw Hawkeye. Um, the other bit of Marvel news that we need to talk about is what's been released in terms of costumes and looks for Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they got uh, Spider-Man's costume straight out of the comics, and Electro looks like he's out of the Ultimate Universe. And my friend disagrees, but. That he's he doesn't look totally like the Ultimate Universe Electro, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're not gonna get a naked, glowing blue guy who flies around in this movie. That's just not gonna happen. You got that? That's in Watchmen, Watchmen right? by the way. Yeah, the, I was just about to say <laughs> that's Watchmen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get that in the so Watchmen? I mean, right. So I, I seeing it here would be dumb and. Again, Marvel would be no, he's accused of blatantly to, copying. No, he's DC. going to be he's going to be blue, and he's going to wear the green and yellow suit. Oh, no, see that I could dig. <laughs> I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, and 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 he kind of looks like Mister Freeze, aid Killer Croc. I think he looks like Killer Croc. Yeah. Well, the teeth, anyway. Um, here's the thing that I w- I'm I'm really wondering if that's all makeup. That is the most impressive makeup job I've seen in a long time. And here's the thing, I think it is too. Yeah, that's amazing to me. That is utterly amazing. I love I love the direction. We're not even going to touch the Mary Jane stuff because, quite honestly, we have in the past, and there's never been there's not anything confirmed or denied. But this just makes me more wanting Andrew Garfield in an Avengers movie. I know. I know. He would be an awesome... Him and Hugh Jackman would be, like, the best additions to that universe ever. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, War, the Wolverine is spoiling too much, much? 
you know, I, well, the comic that it's based off of is apparently one of the best Wolverine stories of all time. I have never read it purposely. And I, to me, I don't feel this is spoiling a whole lot, but I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. If it's, if it is spoiling a lot, like Iron Man 3 did, I might be a little upset, but you know, we'll see Star Avengers, I should say. It just seems that way to me. Um, here's one bit of thing that I wanted to talk about Arrow, about with Arrow, about with Arrow, and it has a, a, to do with a certain actress named Summer Glau being cast in Arrow. So Michael- Summer Glau's on Arrow, yeah, and it's gone. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, um, we're making we're making a formal announcement, Michael and I. Um, so apparently, Arrow's not gonna make it to a season three. So we will be joining Andy on the Shield podcast. <laughs> you know, it's it is really sad because every show I've watched with Summer Glow on it really does get canceled so quickly. It's not even funny, except The Big Bang Theory. But my one defense with that is she plays herself, so it doesn't count. Yes, and the kid just deserved to die on its own. That that was that wasn't her fault. That wasn't her fault. No, though. see that show had. I watched that entire series, and that show had a lot of potential. That could have been a really good season two. But yeah, I I agree. It it wasn't the best season one, but it yeah. does it did have potential for sure. Uh, David Lyons is a great actor. He's yeah. on Revolution right now, and I like him a lot. Yeah, and granted, when she was on Dollhouse, um, that show was on its way out anyway, so it really didn't matter. So yeah, did anyone really care about that show? Because I, I heard did. like not so great things. I did, but but that's just because it wasn't like everybody's cup of tea. But here's the thing with Summer Glow. I don't think Andy realizes because he hasn't watched a lot of Summer Glow Summer Glow shows as they happened like we did in every generation. There is this. There's one actor or actress that seems to be responsible for killing shows. Jason Getrick, Ted McGinley, who who was on who was on a bunch of shows like Happy Days and Married with Children that, that ultimately got canceled, and now it's Summer Glau. Yep. And Firefly and Terminator fans get the worst heat with this one, but. Let's hope that doesn't continue with Arrow. Well, more so, more so with Terminator because really that was not Summer Glow's fault. No, it wasn't. Which is the worst part because everyone still says it's the Summer Glow curse, yet it really wasn't. And really, that show needs its own movie or some sort of reunion because that was the worst ending ever, and I am so mad. Anyway. Yeah. At least Serenity got a movie. Or You're Firefly not... got a movie. Well, technically, Michael. Terminator was a movie before the show, so you yeah, did get Yeah, but the show is a different continuity. The show is a different continuity. That's why I get angry. Yes. Um, personal, personally, I think this is a great addition. All joking aside, I think this is a great addition. Apparently, this I is not agree. this is not a one-off appearance for some of She will be recurring. No, she's taking Malcolm Merlin's role, and I forget the name of her character. Brick. But her character is actually a Green Arrow villain in Brick. the comics. In one, no, she's not Brick. Brick's a guy. No, they they named her. They named her on Green Arrow TV, and I forget the name of the villain. It's sort of Russian villain, I believe. But she she's actually a Green Arrow villain, 
in one of the uh, latest Green Arrow runs, not the not the current Green Arrow run, but the run beforehand, she was one of the Green Arrow's villains in that run. So she, so she is not breaking, a new character of the show. Breaking, she is a comic character. Breaking news, breaking news. Um, Summer Glow is actually Talia. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not, not this again. I know, because I'm going to be hearing this all next season on Longbow Hunters, and... The last season of Longbow Hunters. It's starting now. <laughs> the the, well, the, last, the yeah, last season of Longbow <laughs> Next and the last season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, woo, she was, on, she was on Chuck in season four, and season four didn't do as well, so they only gave season five 13 episodes, and then it was done. Was she also on Finch? You know what? She wasn't on Fringe, but... I, you know, she almost should have been. <laughs> um, no, Fr- Fringe Season 4 just wasn't as good because they did the whole Star Trek route and rewrote reality and had to redo things. Except it, it was better life? in the Star Trek movies. Is this reality? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's or is this fantasy? Yes, um, I know. Um, here's the thing with Summer Glau. I think it's again. I think it's a great addition. I think it's one of the biggest names that you could get for a show like this. Yeah. And yeah. especially uh, a CW show. Yeah. And honestly, I really think that she's gonna do. Cause really, she could play really well with Katie Cassidy. She could re- really play well with Stephen Amell. I think she'll do really well. And I'm really looking forward. All joking aside, I think this is a good casting move. Um, what other thing that but I want? But joking, wanna... but joking not aside, I hope she's on next season of Supernatural, so we can only get one more season. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Honestly, we do love Summer Glau. She's fantastic. I loved her as River. I loved her as Cameron. I loved her in pretty much every role she's been in. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. Even on The Cape, she was my favorite actress on that show besides the lead. Yeah, so, she, I mean, well, she, she was I mean, the only really, well actress on that show. Well, there is that, too. But, no, I, I mean, she she's a very good actress. She's very, very talented. And... You know, people say she's typecasted, but if you look at the characters of River Tam and Cameron from Terminator, they're very different characters. Yes. And yes, they're both action heroes, and I think this this villainess on Arrow will be an action hero, or villain, I guess, in this case. But I, she can play very different roles. I don't think it will be anything like what we've seen before. At least I hope not. So let's cross our fingers and hope that this does really well and actually boosts up this show as opposed to tearing it down so we don't get another season. And I mean that in all seriousness. I really do like Summer Glau, and we are really excited to have her on Arrow. And Crackpot Theory, Joss Whedon sent her over to Arrow to kill it off so he doesn't have any competition in the superhero genre. <laughs> yeah, then he'll bring her right over to S.H.I.E.L.D. And then realize that's a mistake. And then she'll go that yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Then she'll be the lead to his next original series, which will only be five episodes. Which will be called Summer. Just Summer. Summer. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Um, 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 really, really and truly, this, this came as a surprise to me, the casting of Summer Glau. I really thought they were going yep. to emphasize on Brick and Crack, Crackpot Theory. I know this isn't Longbow Hunters, but I just wanted to throw this out to you because we haven't talked. I mean, really, guys, this isn't, this is the first time that we've talked in like a month and a half just because of our schedule. No, not that long, like three weeks. 
Okay, 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 then my math is wrong. I'm Asian and I can't do math. I have many problems. You know what that reminds me of? Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, the only show to have a smart blonde and a dumb Asian. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And, and really? It's so weird seeing those two in, like, different things where they're not playing then. Um, by the way, Ashley Tisdale, you were one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Thank you very much. Um, and now that he's got that off his chest. Yeah. Um. Here's the here's the here's the thing up here's the thing about Arrow. I can really see this kind of being like their version of The Dark Knight Rises in season two, with Oliver. After well, for our audience that hasn't seen Arrow yet, please download it on iTunes and get the DVD or Blu-ray when it comes out, preferably from our site. Thank you very much. Um. Yep. Comes out in September. Yes. Um, spo- and I will say this spoiler alert at, at the beginning. We haven't done it the entire show, but I'll, I'll do it here. I really think Tommy's passing is really going to be like the equivalent of what what Bruce Wayne did for Harvey Dent. The whole idea of the city's pretty much destroyed. There is no undertaking anymore. I'm quitting. I'm basically going to grow out my beard and grow out my nails, and everybody thinks I'm old. But I, but I can shoot arrows already, so it's not going to be a surprise to anyone. And you know, really, that's the one thing that really irritates me about. Well, if they do this with Arrow and The Dark Knight Rises, is that their comic book counterparts, no matter how much they go through, they would never stop. How many people have both Oliver Queen and Bruce Wayne lost in the comics, and yet they continue to go? But in live action, they don't tend to go. They can, they tend to just quit and, and grow out and, their nails and, and beards. And, and, and it's see, terrible. I don't and like see, it. see, I think it's because they wanted to make these people more like people instead of just comic book characters. And I, you're right. Like, in the comics, Bruce Wayne wouldn't retreat into being Bruce Wayne. He would, re, he would just be Batman 24-7. Like, he wouldn't... Like, yeah. The, He's lost two sons in the last 30, 40 years, and he and he never went back to Bruce Wayne after that. He just went right back into Batman. And apparently Child Protective Services didn't go after him either. No, he covered it all up. Yeah. and <laughs> He blamed and, it on Alfred, remember? It was all his idea. And, here's, and, and here's, here's the thing with Oliver. I can really see them doing that. Not that I want to see it, but I can see them doing that with Tommy's death. That he... And, Oh, oh, and I mentioned this on Longbow Hunters. Really and truly, Tommy, Tommy and Laurel would have been fine if he never, if he never came back. Yeah. And probably yeah, he. I agree. Probably he blames himself for Tommy's death. He blames. He blames that he failed the city. That he failed the city. Yep. And he, and again, he's just gonna grow out his nails and Diggle. I mean, Felicity and, and, and Felicity and Diggle are going to bring him like uh, um stuff, stuffers, microwaves, dinners, and just be in be, be in the north in the north tower of the Queen Estate. Now, have you read the last two digital chapters of Arrow? I've not I've not read any digital comics at all for like the last four okay. weeks. I've just been really busy. Okay, be- because these last two digital issues of Arrow, they were released I think two weeks after the finale, something like that. They, it's Oliver's point of view of racing to save Tommy, 
but then it's also the aftermath. And I think you should really read that because I think it's going to really play a part in setting up season two or at least set up our predictions for it. But and I think I... we'll talk more about that on our Comic-Con episode for sure. But, yeah, I think you are you are close to being correct for sure. Okay, okay. And I, and I don't want it to be like, oh, like episode eight when he kicks out of that. No, it can't be like on Smallville, because on Smallville, here's the thing. When that happened with Oliver in Smallville Season 9, Oliver is a supporting character on Smallville. He is not the main character. He's not even the secondary main character. He's a minor supporting character. You cannot do that to the main main character on a show that's his show that was created just based off his popularity on Smallville. You You cannot wait eight episodes for him to come back. You can't even really wait one. You have to have him come back in that first episode. And here's or else the, no one's going to want to watch. And here's the and here's the thing with Oliver in the second season of Arrow. I think I think John or I think with him another aspect of the thing that's going to happen to me and I was thinking about this the other night even though the undertaking is gone the Chinese triad's still out there. Yep. And Deadshot And people on the list are still out there. And Deadshot is still out there. Yeah. And really, I think the character that Summer Glau is going to play is going to be a Russian female version of John Daggett. Interesting. At least that's what I've been told by people. Like, like the, 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 the character Summer Glau is going to play it really is like Miranda Tate meets John Daggett in terms of... Because Queen Industries... I almost said Queen Industries. Queen Consolidated... From what I've heard, rumors is going to be up for is going to be up for sale. Yeah, and she she wants to take it over. And uh, obviously Oliver's going to stop that. And really, it's not like the Dark Knight Rises because more or less Wayne Enterprises was saved after Bruce Wayne quit. And you know you you said that obviously Oliver's going to stop that. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Because if you look in the 80s run of Green Arrow, there was a time where he did lose his fortune. I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of that, to be honest. I'm not saying... Most people aren't, but it made him a darker character and is actually what spawned Mike Gurrell's run, really. So I think that's where they might go. They may take it away from him, and he might. It may take him the whole season, maybe season and a half, to get it back. But I think it will be taken away for a while. And I could, I could really see Shadow coming in in the middle of season two, like. Yeah. Like as a distraction, not may, maybe in terms of fighting, but in terms of, I'm here. I know everything. I don't care. Let's just, cause. Uh, Unless they explain it in flashbacks, he hasn't really hurt Shadow as far as we know. As far as we know, he hasn't really hurt Shade yet. He hasn't really hurt uh, Slade yet either. But again, with Shadow, he can see it out. He can see a happily ever after. But ultimately, I think this really will be like Oliver Oliver's version of like. Like that story, that story where Bane was linked in with the League of Shadows in the comics, Nightfall. I think it yeah. was called. Yeah. I think I think this will be his version of Nightfall. Interesting. Well, and one and one more thing before I, because I, I know this isn't a long hunter and we don't want to stay in this forever. But but my question here is, if Sonat Merglau is this Russian big bad, 
she probably has ties to this Russian mafia that Oliver keeps getting into. And if that's yeah. the case, could he have met her in the last five years? Yeah. I have to, because that was the other thing that you and I talked about on Longball Hunters. How does he know Russian? Right. We know so how he. Very well we know how he knew, She could know. have taught him. Yeah, and he he could be she could be his into the Russian mafia or what? Um, the I I can't remember offhand what they call that in the show, but is it like the Bratmia or something? Yeah, the bro, the broth. I think the broth. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um. Here's the thing, and this sounds, this is totally off kilter, and this is totally off subject. It's kind of like more like gossip talk. I don't like the idea of EBR, Emily Bennett Richards dating Colton Haynes. Are they dating? Yeah, I think they're dating in real life. That's just a little weird to me. Interesting. That's just a little weird. As long as they're not together on the show, I don't care what they do outside of it. I could see like a. <laughs> I'm I could, not invested in them as people. I'm invested in their character. Yeah, I could see an outtake. <laughs> I could see an outtakes thing of them all in the arrow cave. Oliver, Diggle, Felicity, and Roy, and Hans just going. And they just start making out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hans just goes, Oliver, I'm taking Felicity with me to Shadow Chris. Oh my gosh. That would be, uh, you know, that would be like the best deleted scene ever, though. <laughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, everyone who watched Smallville and who watches Supernatural, who looked forward to the gag reels on the DVD set, Smallville only had two, but Supernatural's had them all the way through. Arrow is getting a gag reel on its DVD set. Yes! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Awesome. I think I'm looking... I'm looking more forward to that than any special feature and even getting the episodes on DVD. I'm looking more forward to those outtakes. Well, I, here's here's a little here's a little tidbit for people that haven't done podcasting. Whoa, whoa, one little like after effect that I wasn't expecting, like when I first started to podcast, was the, the my realizing how sexy I look when I podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, sexy and I know it. No, um, is that when when you're covering episodes on podcasts, you seem to remember them a lot more. I'm not totally rush on my way to rush out to buy these Blu-rays. Maybe that will change in September. But you know what I mean? Like I've seen these episodes so much that I can pretty much yeah. recall them in the back of my mind. And honestly, the only thing I'm looking forward to in for is the DVD or the Blu-ray goes is the special features. Well, and and for me, like, I, and I, I'm kind of the same way with you, depending on what show it is, Woo. Like, with Smallville, I couldn't wait to get the uh But the, we didn't cover Smallville. Like, we didn't cover no, Smallville weekly. But it's different now. And I think that's probably how Dan feels. Dan, Andy, and Nico feel about the shows they cover. Like, you don't need to, like run out to buy the right. DVDs because you talk about them weekly so you remember them better. That's how I feel about although, Arrow. Although I will go out and buy the Arrow one immediately because I do want that gag reel. Same with Supernatural. I think I'm going to do that because I really want those gag reels. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why. Like yeah. with Fringe, like Fringe Season 5 came out like a month or two ago. I still haven't get, gotten it even though it's last season and I want it. I just haven't. I just haven't. So... I don't know. Maybe that might change in the next few weeks. I probably will get it soon, but 
We'll see. Yeah, here's but okay. I, I want those gag reels. I do too because I want to see Stephen Amell talking about the fact that he's basically walking around with no shirt on the entire series. Well, and, and those supernatural gag reels are the best things ever because Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles have the best actor chemistry I have ever seen on and off screen. Okay. So that is, it's going to be hilarious. Okay, you just segued for you can you just segued for me. I don't think it should be emphasized enough that we Michael and I are big supernatural fans. We don't know where we don't know where this show c- could possibly end. Well, we have ideas. But really, it's out the window now just because of so many things that have gone on. I mean, yeah, especially with the 8th finale. Yeah. Um spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um with the whole thing with Metatron, he could actually be the last big bad. Now do you think season 9 will be the last season because they I'm not calling that I'm not it's happening. Oh, season 9 is the last? No, they haven't announced that it is. They just said that it's happening. They didn't say it's the last or not. With Smallville, they said 10 was the last, but they never know, said that. You know what? I could see them happen. saying season nine, season 9 is not the last. We will have a season 10. I could see them announcing it that early. Because really, and this is bringing it back to the, to the Back to the Future thing I said earlier, with, with Supernatural, much like the, Marty and Doc Brown, Without there is no supernatural without Jared and Jensen. There's not. It, it just it just a sidebar there. I've been playing the Back to the Future the game on my iPod for the last three days, and it is oh, the most Lord. addicting thing ever. It is the Lord. most addicting thing ever. And You're I've been not, watching the movies all weekend. Yeah, you can't see me right now, but my palm is in my face, and I'm shaking my head. I, I. <laughs> I started it yesterday, and I, I started it yesterday morning and played it for about three hours until my iPod died, and I just finished the first episode this morning, and I bought all the rest of them. Uh, uh, ten, ten bucks for the next four episodes, and I got them all. I, uh, it is the most addicting thing ever. But you, but you agree with me, though. You have agreed with me in the past that without Jared and Jensen, there is no Supernatural. Absolutely. And people argue that you could have Kevin, you could have Bobby, you could have other hunters do stuff. But, you know, they tried doing that with the X-Files in seasons uh, seven and or no, I'm sorry, eight and nine, where they had John Doggett and Monica Reyes be the main characters. But really, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully are the heart and soul of that show. And they were still on as big characters throughout those last two seasons, regardless if they were main or not, because no one would watch the show without them. So I think it's the same thing with and honestly, they And honestly, they tried to bring in the Alan and Joes, the Garths, even though he's still alive. Um, the Bobbies. Now, Garth and Kevin could be funny as the a Gar- spinoff, not Gar- as Supernatural. The Garth, Garth and Kevin, you know, so many of these people, um, the Ash and so forth, they brought so many people on, but ultimately it's always come back to Jared and Jensen. Always has and always will. And really and truly, I, I, I will not call Supernatural anymore. I cannot call things that happen in Supernatural because we're always wrong. Not always. Mostly, but not um, always. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I... And really, it's a credit to Jared and Jensen, because like I said, without them, there would be no Supernatural. There wouldn't... Yeah. And, and, well, and, 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 and really, I think there's an, un, there's an unspoken pack between the two of them. If one of them wants to get out, that means the show's pretty much over. And really, they have such a fun time with the show still that they really just don't want to leave. Because they have yeah. a good gig, they get good money, they have a lot of fun, and they have good friends, and really the whole crew's a family. So, really, I don't think they really want to leave until and, they want to do something and that's, else. And here's the thing with just two just two main characters. I think it's easy for – it's hard for them because they have so many more lines. But I think it's easy for them just because they, they don't have to worry about uncertainty. They pretty much shoot on the exact same sets. They shoot on the same locations. Like – Jared, Jared's like worked a little. Jared felt like he's worked, or um, sorry, Jensen Eccles worked a little bit with Misha Collins, but not, uh, not anything really exclusively, like. And really, they've only had to work with each other, Jared Padalecki and Jensen yeah. Eccles. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And that's part of the easy, easy part about it too. And also, I think with just two main characters, I think they have a lot more artistic and creative freedom, because they don't have to worry about yep. insulting this person or insulting that person. Like they have more input in the show. And really, as they say in entertainment, you can't buy that. Um, one thing no. about next season, though, in terms of TV in general, apparently I've heard a story online. This really does sound like a Marvel podcast. That there could be a possibility that Agent Coulson doesn't remember doesn't remember that he was killed, or doesn't even realize that he was killed. What are your thoughts? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I don't like that. If that's the case, then he better be an android. Okay, I think that would be an interesting thing to play. I think that would be a cop-out. Like, see, for me, and I still feel the same way. I was going to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. regardless of Coulson being in it or not. I still feel it's a cop-out to the Avengers with him being in the show. That's my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree. I know the facts, why they disagree. That's fine. I feel it's a cop-out because the whole point of the Avengers was to avenge his death. If he didn't die, then why is the team even together? Why are they coming back? I don't know. That's my opinion. Well, you don't like people coming back from the dead anyway. Like, you, unless... No, I really don't. Unless there's a good reason or it's a character I really like, I don't like people coming back from the dead. I like characters staying dead for the most part. See, and that's your problem with Joss Whedon. One of your problems with Joss Whedon. A lot of Joss Whedon's He does it constantly. Well, it's the same thing as Supernatural. We always see the dead people either coming back to life or coming back in some sort of form. Well, here's the thing. The people that come back don't come back as themselves. Samuel did. Other than him, though. <laughs> Other than him, the two main characters in Cassiel and possibly Bobby. Yeah, well, I no. mean, well, I mean <laughs> even, well, even Bobby. Bobby came back as a spirit. That's true. That's like, true. Like, I, I will give you Bobby, but and both and but both the others, I don't and know. both Dean and Sam came back from their little journeys to, into into hell or purgatory, losing something. Yeah. And even don't when they got the time, they went to heaven. Yeah. In that one great episode, which I think is very underrated. Um, one thing I another, think it's a good episode too. I agree with you. 
Yeah, one thing that I, another thing that I really I wanted to touch on for our next topic, and I think our last topic on tangent time, is something that I didn't even realize um, until like I thought I just thought about it randomly. I have a bunch of random thoughts going on in my head. Oh, Sarah Carter, Sarah Carter, Sarah Carter. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Sarah Carter. Um, Sarah Carter. Richard Fucker. Um, do you watch Falling Skies? Because she's our main character on Falling Skies. And she, I, I hear she's fantastic. Oh, she's great. She is. She is the action chick hero of that show. It's, it's is, awesome. She is Sarah Connor, basically, from what I hear. Basically, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, you, you'd like it. It's a good show. It's thought I'll, I'll catch up. I'll catch up. I promise. I'll catch up. Um, here. Here's one thing that I thought of the other day, and I can't believe, can't believe. I, actually, I lied. There's two more topics I want to hit on. The second one's not gonna take as long. Tommy Oliver, the the green, the green, white, red, and black ranger, the ranger that would not die. Uh, excuse me, twice red ranger. Okay, twice red ranger. <laughs> we can't forget Turbo as much as we want to. <laughs> You know it's true. Diva Tox ruined that show. If she had not been on the Power Rangers series as a whole, the show would have been a lot better. Anyway. And I'm not trying to be dirty here. I'm just being truthful. I really love looking back as an adult now. They they played upper cleavage in the movie, then they downplayed it in the TV show. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it really just shows you how how different how different like the MPAA and standards and practices are for a TV show. Cause it's it's blatant <laughs> in the movie. It's I mean I'm sorry. It, it is very blatant. Even if you're not noticing it, you're gonna notice it. And with the TV show, they de- and it's the same actress. Which I think is yep. is even more hilarious, but I I just love I just love that like just well, because I have the, something I have to confess to you. Okay. I bought fifteen episodes of Power Rangers yesterday on iTunes. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I, but I which, did. But which series? I bought the finale. To in space, which we've talked about ad nausea, and is one of the best Power Rangers episodes of all time. Probably one, uh, probably I, the best finale. Pro- yeah, for sure. I bought a bunch of Mighty Morphin, mostly Mighty Morphin stuff, and I got an episode of Zio, the one where Jason becomes the Cold Ranger. Yeah, which were, which is which, actually a really good episode. Which, which um. That was one of the most awkward returns I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It's pretty awkward at the beginning, but it's actually a really good episode. Well, it it's not. awkward knowing what we know now about what went on with David Yost. Oh yeah. Like, really, like the whole reason Austin St. John was brought back is like 
Billy, David Yost, the guy who played Billy, pretty much refused to be Gold Ranger. Just because, like, of what we talked about on a Power Ranger episode for Ridge Reviews, how he was pretty much called, and I'm using this term, I'm just using it because I'm quoting, because he was called the name Faggot so often, like, by the crew on set that he pretty much had enough. And that's why they had to pretty much bring back Austin St. John, because... David Yost knew if he became Gold Ranger, he was locked in for another two, three years. And he didn't want to be on there for two, three years. Yeah. And and but... and here's the funny thing about this. David Yost's exit was pretty much the the reason for the crea- creation of Justin. Which, you know... Don't even get me started. Cause that's now, <laughs> like, if you look at that guy now, he looks like he should be a Power Ranger. You look at him back then, you're like, what the hell are you thinking, Saban? I think, I think Justin, the character of Justin, was a combination of jumping the shark and the cute kid syndrome all in one. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. And, and kudos to Saban for doing both all in one. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Who else could do that? <laughs> most, most can only do the one or the other. You did both. But and here's the interesting thing about that too. The re, the other reason Justin was brought on the show was Steve, the guy who played, um, the Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin and was the Zeo Blue Ranger. His contract was up Rocky. too. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky was, uh, Rocky. His contract was. And That's why was, he hurt his back in the Turbo movie. Yeah, I mean, and really, I heard that he even he didn't he even got a full actor's salary for that movie. Uh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he said, <laughs> "Hey, if I'm going out, I'm going out big." Well, oh, well, also because. Yeah. But that's one of the interesting things about contracts and how the these things work uh, on Power Rangers is is. Here's the thing with here's the thing with the, the whole interesting thing with Turbo Power Rangers movie. You brought this up. I was gonna actually talk about Tommy, but since you brought this up, they they were so they the executive producers at the time. I don't know if it's changed now, but at the time the executive producers were so so scrambling for actors' contracts that a lot of these people. They were either at the end of their contracts, or they refused to sign new ones, or yeah. or or a combination of the two. And what was worse, they had another movie slated with all these actors' contracts pretty much at 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 the end of their deals, which is which is why which is why Turbo was created the way it was. Not only well, the you movie, know, but. The, well, you know, too, that movie was actually supposed to be three hours long. The original draft of that movie, the first hour of it is Zeo. It's how the Zeo powers are destroyed, and it explains why they don't have them in Turbo. And Rocky is actually still a ranger at that point, which is why probably he still got that salary. Yeah, and I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. That is really interesting. Dan, Dan has been Dan has been searching for me for the past like three weeks online to try and find the script, and because they've been they've talked about it for years, 
and he, he he's on the verge of finding it. I don't know how close. Nothing he is, was ever shot. Last time I talked to him, he nothing was, was ever shot. No, I, I I think maybe a few scenes were shot, but I don't think a whole lot because there were there were still deleted scenes from Turbo. There were still other scenes in that movie that were shot that were never put in and were never released on DVD. So. That, that movie was actually supposed to be a lot bigger than it was, which is why most people don't like it as much. Yeah, and I think it's because of the... And now that you say it, now I, I kind of noticed the bad editing that was in Turbo Power Rangers movie. Yeah, because a lot... They had to cut a lot in not only the script, but a lot in their budget. Because the first movie didn't do as well commercially as they wanted it to. Yeah, well, the first still, movie still well, is the, the best Power Rangers movie. Well, the first film was a motion picture. Yeah. This just looked like an extended TV show put on the big screen. Yeah. Well, and that's that's definitely part of it. Well, in the movie, too, the whole reason that they did the power transfer episode was because Jay, uh, the actor who played Austin St. John... Yeah, yeah, I told I, I told you I told the, you this I told you this in our I told you this in our retro reviews episode. Yeah, like they yeah. towards the towards the beginning of making negotiations for the movie. This is if this is rehashing for any of you guys. I'm sorry, but again, we again there's a reason why we called the tangent time. The reason why the the Yellow Ranger three train. Walter Jones, who played Zach, and Austin St. John, who played Jason, were replaced, is they wanted a pay raise. Not a real significant pay raise, but a pay raise. Um, and, and just because of the movie. And David Yost, um, Amy Jo Johnson, and um, Jason David Frank were not, were not on board with this. Like, they they really didn't care about a pay raise. Like, it wasn't, like, a big deal to them. But the other actors were. And literally, they were they were pretty much strung along. Like, the original Yellow, Black, and Red Ranger, they were pretty much strung along for months to re-sign a deal or to sit down for contract negotiations. But when they did the power transfer episode and they, and they brought, like, the new kids in, um, Aisha, Rocky, and Adam... And from what I hear, the originals weren't even told what these characters, their the characters were supposed to be brought on for these new ones. Well, I don't know if you know this, and Dan is actually the one who told me this a while back. The last, I, including the power transfer episodes, the last six or seven episodes that those three original uh, Rangers were in, that wasn't even them. Those were stand-ins filled with voiceover clips from old episodes yeah. and old stock footage yeah. to show them. Yeah. So they, were, they, they had no knowledge of this, which is why they brought in the new people, and then they put the new people in the movie because they couldn't complain about a pay raise, which is really dumb because think of how awesome the movie would have been with the original cast. Yeah, and really that's I why... I mean, it's awesome that's now. Why, that's it's why awesome now, but... That's why I don't. That's why I don't think the movie did so well. It's exactly why the movie didn't do as well because J, mainly because Jason was missing. The others, yes, but mainly because Jason, because he was the big favorite. And here's and the thing. And, and here's the thing too. Like, um, here's two stories that I've heard. Either either they were in contract negotiations and and Saban didn't want to sit down and actually. And actually, like, 
renegotiate contracts, which is a possibility, or the three actors just decided, you know, we want a pay grade, a pay raise or else, and just decided not to come to work in protest of, like, wanting a pay raise. I have a feeling it was a combination of both, because Saban was kind of dirty in the first six, seven seasons of Power Rangers with how they treated people. Well, again, this is how actors were treated on kids' shows. Like, kids' shows were not... Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, if this was like a primetime show, that never would have happened. But that's the right. thing. Saban could get away with it because it was a kids' show. And... I can see fault on both ends, but going back to Terrible Power Rangers movie, like that thing looks so taped, taped together and glued together. It's not even funny. The best part is that last fight scene inside the volcano. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. And I, and I, fight will, Jason and I really, and, and I awesome. really have to think the only reason they brought back Amy Jo Johnson and Austin St. John for that was the original plan of a three-hour movie, like you said, fell through. Yeah, because that's what they wanted to do. They want I think they actually wanted Jason to be in that first hour with it being Zeo. They wanted him to actually be in it as either Gold Ranger or Sub Gold Ranger or something like that and then have it all get destroyed and it just all fell through. I think the and now that you bring that up, we're piecing things together, guys. I'm sorry. Um now that you bring that up, that's probably why he didn't say, yeah, I came back with Kim. Yeah. Cause, probably. And he only came back one other time after that Turbo movie, and that was for Forever Red. And here's the thing. And then we'll get back to like what I originally wanted to talk about with Tommy. Here's the thing with... Amy Jo Johnson, if, I think if you asked her honestly, she would have never left Power Rangers when she did. Yeah, because she's still the longest running big creature. And honestly, she didn't really have that big a career after she quit. Well, she's big on that Flashpoint show, and he, she was on but the that show was with years, but that, was, but that was years. Yeah. Like, yeah, she stalled for a, for a good while. She stalled for a good while, but she she had she's had big breaks kind well not big breaks but breaks kind of recently with. But I I, shows, I, so. I think I think if you told her asked her honestly I think she would have stayed for another three years. Yeah, probably. Not, and no, I'm really, just, I, it, it really is sad that Jason David Frank didn't stay after Turbo, because he would have been awesome in space. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I could see why he left, though, because especially him, he probably was tired as hell at the end of that. But he still loves Power Rangers. He came back for Forever Red. He came and, back for and Dino Thunder, and now he's coming and, for Megaforce. He's a and, big fan. And here's the thing with him as a character, the Tommy Oliver character, the, the ranger that cannot die. No. The, the, when he dies, I will stop watching Power Rangers. Yeah. And really, I think he's like the one character that you could could successfully kill off. And he was like, yeah, that made sense. Yeah. Actually, you could probably get away with doing that with Jason in the right context, too. 
Because really, Jim, Tommy Oliver but, and Jason Lee Scott are the biggest Power Rangers there are. Yeah. They are, like, they have constantly, like, always, between fans, have been fought over of who's the best Ranger. And they've been so intertwined, especially with the Green Candle. And originally, the Green Candle episode, like, originally, that was, the whole reason they shot that the way they did, well, yeah, well, yeah, because of the set footage, for one, but the other reason was, Jason David Frank was supposed to be the star of VR Troopers. Right, and then that fell through, and like, we have to say goodbye now. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. We I hope you guys time. enjoyed this because we did. I don't know if anybody else did. I think half of our viewership just dropped in the first thirty minutes. But really, this is what this show is going to be all about, guys. Whatever we want. And it is the most selfish podcasting of all time. Time, time. And, and we're just going to say this too. We're not even going to bother with our closing remarks that we normally do on Longbow Hunters because if you want to find all that stuff out, you can go to acrossseries.com. Anyway, I'm Michael J. Petty, and with me has been Wu S. Kim, my number one, well, maybe tied for number one with Dan Schmidt, co-host. And you guys, you've been listening to Tangent Time. Thank you so much, and, well, continue to listen to our show and go to acrossseries.com for more awesome podcast content. See you guys.